I had an entirely different opening plan as I stood back there at the sound booth and as I watched you make your way in, uh, I was struck by how many years some of us have had the privilege of doing this together. And then as I looked more closely, I realized for a number of you, we've done this your whole life. And <laughs> so... Uh, Great to have you here. Uh, we are continuing uh, to look at the whole Advent throughout this season. We've been emphasizing this is a time of year filled with anticipation and expectation, which culminates as we gather around the manger one more time this year. Reflecting on God's faithfulness in the past while trusting in his faithfulness in the present and looking forward to his faithfulness in the future. He came once to show us the way. And we are trusting he will come again to show us the way. This year we've been in a series called Rediscover Christmas. And we've been looking at what that means in this very unique season of our lives. And we've focused on how the birth of Christ intersected with the lives of very real, uh, very ordinary people. And we noted how for them he brought hope. He brought peace, he brought joy, and he brought love into their lives. He brought love, hope, peace, and joy into the world, and he will bring it into our lives if we choose to allow him. We looked at several things over the past weeks. One was uh, how by rediscovering Christmas, we find hope in our uncertainties. In uncertain times, hope can be the breath that keeps us alive. Give us the strength we need to take the next step. It can be fuel to our faith and fuel to our dreams. It can be a spark in the cold darkness. It can be the first light, that just glimmering bit of light reflecting the dawning of a new day. And I suspect many of us are more than ready for the dawning of a new day. Hope in our uncertainties can be the whisper that says maybe, just maybe. As we considered finding hope in our uncertainties, we looked at a couple of the lesser-known characters in the Christmas story, a man and a woman by the name of Anna and Simeon. And Anna and Simeon were both senior citizens, and they had lived, not that there's anything wrong with that, I just want to put that out there. (laughs) They had lived long and difficult lives, They had experienced perhaps even more than their share of loss and disappointment. Yet they clung to the hope that they would see the promised Messiah, the Savior that God had promised to their people. In spite of the fact that generations before them had had the same longing and not seen it fulfilled, they still hoped. And then one day when the Christ child was brought to the temple for dedication... Their hope was fulfilled, and that hope fulfilled flowed over into rejoicing and worship. And what I simply want to encourage us today, as I mention finding hope in our uncertainties, this Christmas Eve, of all Christmas Eves, to let people like Anna and Simeon, who hoped against hope and one day saw it realized, let them flame, fan whatever embers of hope you may have, small though they may be, into a flame. Paul said in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, and I prayed this over our congregation when we we covered this as a message, 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. I'll put it up there for you. Sorry about that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, a part of the beauty of the Christmas message is it's not our hope that we cling to. It is the hope that his spirit desires to bring within us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, if you're here tonight and we're feeling what we're supposed to be feeling because it's Christmas Eve, but deep down we know that there's still stuff that just hurts. I encourage you to pray that for yourself. May the God of hope fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in him. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm choosing to trust in him so that I may, by faith, overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. I encourage you to lean into that and claim that as your own. We Then we looked at finding peace in our struggles. And I'm pretty sure I'm probably the only one who struggled at all this year because you guys have all had a great year. Uh, but for me, the shepherds reminded us that our struggles are real. But Christ came to bring a peace that will transcend even our darkest fears and our most discouraging times. One of the classic verses that we associate with Christmas comes from Isaiah's prophecy, and he said in Isaiah 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatnesses of, uh, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. <clears throat> Christmas reminds us that the Prince of Peace came, and he came for you, and he came for me, and he came as Emmanuel, God with us. Not out there, but God with us in all of our struggles, in all of our challenges, in all of our moments of discouragement. Ephesians 2, Paul says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. But I emphasized when we talked about that before, if peace is a feeling, for me, sometimes it can be really, really, really difficult to find. But if peace is a person, if peace is the person of Jesus Christ, and I am in relationship with him, then there is always peace that I can lean into and draw close to. And that's I just want us to grab hold of that this Christmas season. I know that for many of us, our struggles this year have defied comprehension. I, I can tell you this week, at least a dozen times, I've said, it just doesn't make sense. I just want it to make sense to me. But so much of it, the way people respond, the way we interact, the way we interpret the news, all of it just doesn't make sense. And that's why I look to the counsel of Paul again in Philippians chapter 4. He says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Not my peace, not the peace from the television or anybody else's peace, but the peace of God 
transcends all understanding. When things don't make sense, that does make sense. We also looked at finding joy in our discouragements. And again, I'm sure nobody else has been discouraged or had things didn't happen that they hoped were going to happen or anything of that nature. But really, in a year when the majority of us have known significant discouragements, some heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, life-altering discouragements. The story of Christmas looks at a couple of women, Elizabeth and Mary, two mothers who hold prominent roles in the Christmas story. And they help to remind us that even when our hearts are filled with deep discouragement and confusion, the presence of Christ can guide us to joy. We looked at Elizabeth, who was an older woman, uh, well past childbearing years, and she bore the, the heartbreak, bore the discouragement of not being able to bear a child in a culture where if you didn't have children, you just weren't much of anything as a woman. She had borne that discouragement, that shame, year after year after year. In the Christmas story, we find that she miraculously is with child and gives birth to John the Baptist. The other end of the spectrum, we looked at Mary, a young woman with her whole life ahead of her, and she had all kinds of great plans. And then she ends up with a child in a miraculous fashion that nobody was going to believe. And she bore the shame and the scorn, the rejection, and the skepticism. She knew what, what it was to be discouraged and confused. Yet somehow both of these women found the opportunity to find joy in their discouragement. The psalmist puts it this way, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And then one of my favorites, Peter says, though you've not seen him, you love him. That's, I mean, it's Christmas Eve. That's why we're here. We haven't seen him literally with our eyes. But we love him. That's what draws us here. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, I mean, we see depictions of him. We see manger scenes. We see it everywhere. But but we don't really see him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We're here tonight in part because this holiday, this tradition, represents an opportunity for us to find joy in any and all of our discouragements. And then just this past Sunday, we looked at finding love in our differences. And on Sunday's message, I elaborated at all the ways we're divided and we're faced with differences and difficulties, even in terms of how we celebrate the holidays this year. But the story of Christ's birth reminds us of how God selected a very diverse group of people to be the first ones to experience the love of Christ. There were young and there were old. There were earthly and there were heavenly There were lowly and there were noble. There were Jews and Gentiles. There were clean and unclean. And there was God and there was humanity. What if 
in 2020, in Christmas, we each found a love that empowered us to cross borders that are created by our differences. What if in Christ, we each found a love that empowered us to cross borders that are created by our differences? Ephesians chapter 3, one of my favorite prayers in Scripture. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Can, can I just say, if we grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is, how can we not be changed by it? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, finding love in our differences, in a season when differences are just screaming at us. And then tonight it brings us to finding Christ in our world. Michelle suggested that video that we opened with, and, and it really captures why we're here. Christ has come with hope, peace, joy, and love. He has come to change the world. But on a personal note, he's come to change you and to change me for all of eternity. The baby born on the first Christmas morning and placed in a humble manger is God incarnate. He is hope, he is joy, he is peace, and he is love personified. And he came to restore each of those characteristics in you and in me as a byproduct of choosing to enter into a real, personal, life-changing relationship with him. Jesus is not just Christmas rediscovered. He is life rediscovered. Christmas is all about transforming us. If you've struggled this year with wondering, where is Jesus in all of this? Or if you're struggling with it right now, let me suggest, Jesus is. Jesus is in our uncertainties, he is in our struggles, he is in our discouragements, and he is in our differences. He is in our celebration, he is in our mourning, he is in our crying, and he is in our rejoicing. He is in our fear and in our triumphs, in our losses and in our victories in our brokenness and in our healing, in our sickness and in our health, in our life and in our death. Wherever you are, Jesus is there. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Just a moment ago, I referenced a phrase I use often here, and I've used it for many years, and most of you have heard it on numerous occasions. 
but it's the idea of being in a real, personal, life-changing love relationship with God. I just want to say, even if you're in a relationship with him, this has been a tough year. If you're not in a relationship with him, it's been a tough year. But he is there and wants to be with us regardless of where we're at. I will just say tonight, if, you're been, if you've been struggling this year and you've never made the decision to say, Jesus, I understand I'm here tonight because it's Christmas Eve and I celebrate the birth of that precious baby who was God's son, the very son of God who came. But again, we all understand there's another holiday that brings us back to church. It's Easter. And that's when we acknowledge the fact that that baby in a manger became a man who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. If it weren't for Christmas and if it weren't for Easter, we couldn't have a real life-changing love relationship with God. But because of Christmas and because of Easter, we can have a real personal life-changing love relationship with God. Doesn't mean there may not be difficulties, discouragements, struggles. But it does mean we don't ever have to face them alone. And so tonight, I just want to say, I suspect many of us have done at least a little bit of soul searching this year. A little bit of wondering. If that's brought you to a point where you're thinking, you know, Maybe I need something more. I need something different. If that is a relationship with God, then there's no time like the present. I just encourage you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me. If you're here this evening with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, And you realize maybe now's the time for you to acknowledge that you've been living separated from God. Yes, you know he's out there somewhere, but you've never really invited him to draw close. You've never acknowledged that the birth in a manger and the death on a cross were to pay the penalty for your choices and to give you opportunity to connect with with God in a way that's real, personal, and life-changing. And making that decision is as simple as just praying, Father, I believe that you died for my sin. And I believe that you rose again so that I can be in a friendship relationship with the God of the universe. And then just asking him to come into your life and to begin the process of life change that will continue for the rest of your life. So with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if you'd like to pray that prayer tonight, saying, yes, Lord, I'm ready to have you be with me wherever I am whatever I'm facing.
Would you just look up and make eye contact with me tonight and say, that's what I want tonight. continue with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. For those of us who are already in relationship with him, and for those of you who aren't ready to make that decision yet, but who have felt the challenges of this year, I just encourage you to let the manger this year remind you to lean into the fact that wherever you are, Jesus is there. Father, you've heard what we've had to say and we celebrate that you have been with us through all that this year has brought. And Father, it seems so fitting together around the manger at the close of a year like this. And Father, we all anticipate the next year will be different. But the reality is there will still be struggles. There will still be uncertainties. There will still be differences. But Father, thank you that the manger reminds us we don't have to face those alone. In the name of your Son, and our Savior. Amen. Before the worship team comes up, there's a classic passage of Scripture that we associate with Christmas, and I just want to read part of Luke chapter 2. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I just pray that you will take that with you, tuck it away, savor that as the worship team comes to lead us in a couple more songs.